0: Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie fam. I hope you have had a wonderful week and are gearing up for an incredible weekend. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you as I think it's a great conversation, but also just very informative and educational on a topic that we haven't dove into yet on this show. Um, today, we are joined by Chloe Freeman, who is a non-binary actor based in New York City currently. They are also the founder of For Them, which is a community-built holistic wellness brand focusing on the queer community. And they are focused on redefining wellness for this community. We talk all things about wellness in general, um, the need to be more inclusive and accessible, their career as a non-binary actor and what that looks like and what roles they take on. We talk about the products that For Them is creating and how those products are going to help so many. We honestly dive into so much. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. As always, please feel free to share on your Instagrams, tag at For Them and Freckled Foodie. Leave us a podcast review, however you want to show your love. It is always appreciated. Chloe, welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends. I'm very pumped to have you here. And I so appreciate you making the change, given that this was supposed to be in person, but I'm running on like two and a half, three hours of sleep. And Liam is just a
1: menace. And so we just didn't have the space to do it in the apartment today. Thank you so much for having me. And you're absolutely fine. Happy, be happy <laughs> to do it virtually.
0: Yes. And, and honestly, it's the nice thing about this weird two-year situation we've gone through is that prior to COVID, I did all of my interviews in person. And I do think that there is an additional benefit to doing things in person, a hundred percent. However, virtual can be very beneficial for certain
1: times of your life or just having access to more people. A hundred percent. We're finding that right now. I started this business with the intent that we would all be in person and it would be beautiful and we'd sit around together and that has since changed a bunch. Um, but honestly, it's great. Like my, uh, I, I now have a chief of staff in, in Portugal. We have a supply chain person in the Philippines and it's, it's quite wonderful actually to be able to connect with all these people.
0: It, I mean, it definitely provides more opportunities for connection across wherever you are. And also I think about people who aren't in the main cities of like call it new york or la or wherever having the ability to then be a part of things that they normally wouldn't have ever had the opportunity to because they don't live in the main cities where these things are happening
1: a hundred percent and yeah, you know we, we find that a lot with our with our customers and i know we'll get into it but but yeah you know that we are very lucky i'm very lucky to live in new york you know where you can be anything that you want to be mostly mm-hmm. um and a lot of our customers don't have that same privilege and so yeah it's it's the virtual world certainly has its perks. Yes.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned you started a company. Can you talk to my community about what this company is? And then we'll kind of dive into the reason of founding it and how you got here.
1: 100%. So uh, I've started a company called For Them. Um, I like to say that we're redefining wellness for the queer community, um, but really what that means is that we're providing products and services for folks that just don't sit in the binary. So anyone that is expansive in their gender identity or, or sexual identity, um, we provide products and services for.
0: And the main product being the binder, correct? Correct. Can you, I mean, I know what a binder is, but if we're being completely honest, only because I was looking at for them, and I, I think... If someone had used the word and then said what it was, it would have clicked for me and I would have understood. But I think the term binder just on its own, I don't think I would have known what that was. So what is a binder?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, a chest binder is uh, essentially a, a bra-like product that compresses the breast tissue. Um, so assigned female at birth folks that have breasts um, that are non-binary or trans, um, it's, a, it's a product that, that helps them compress their breasts and uh, tries to alleviate gender dys- dysphoria. And what like, sparked your interest
0: in creating a binder specifically?
1: Yes. So I am non-binary. Um, I wear a binder. Um, and to be blunt with you, they're, they're, they're pretty painful, right? They're pretty painful things. If you can imagine a corset, but just around your breast, it's essentially what it feels like. Um, and so it was restricting breathing. I was getting a lot more anxiety, um, wearing one. However, when I didn't wear one, I felt, you know, not in my body, um, not very Mm -hmm. confident. Um, and so you have this catch 22, you know, situation. Um, so I decided, you know, I think that we can make a better one, right? We can we can gather the, the community. We can talk about really what is wrong with these products um, and how we can, can improve them. And so we just went out and did that.
0: And, I mean, I can totally comprehend the anxiety aspect of it. Just anything being too tight for me is like a trigger for my anxiety. I've never worn a binder, but just even tight clothing. Um, but also, I don't remember if it was a specific show I was watching, and I can't remember what it was, but the concept of using an ace bandage to bind is i don't know if that's still a popular thing or it was in the past but i know that it can do actual damage to your physical anatomy
1: correct a hundred percent um ace bandages absolutely um that was traditionally more of a sort of old school way of dealing with this problem and we've since sort of moved into into physical product um which is good, it's a good step forward. But yeah, you're absolutely right. These ace bandages and certain binders, they can they can reconfigure parts of your muscle, like anatomy essentially, and your you know, people have had cracked ribs and, and really damaging stuff and so um, it's a real need, you know. And I read
0: in an interview you were doing that are you you have a partner, correct? I do. Okay, and I read that you were saying that she has access to all these different types of bras, but when yeah. you were looking for basically the same thing, but for a
1: non-binary person, there were what, like two options out there? Uh, yes, literally. So my, my wife uh, is a cis woman, um, and yeah, she just, you know, she is pretty feminine, she, you know, fits into sort of that demographic. And yeah, she just has all these options, <laughs> not just bras, but in the wellness space in general, um, that she gets to choose from that is, you know, particularly targeted to her, and her, how she lives her life and her identity. Um, and I just started to have this slow realization, Then I was like, wait, the person that I am, and the person that I, de- I identify as, there is just no products, right, that speak to me, that can help me live my life as well as possible and make me feel good. Um, And this was sort of how the company snowballed into this bigger, bigger mission.
0: So now that you offer the binders, where, so can you tell us, obviously the binder is the main product, but for them is the idea to then offer a variety of products to make the wellness industry more accessible to this specific community that has
1: been left out in a sense? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So the sort of mission, um, firstly, I you know I'm just one non-binary person. I'm just one person in this community, and so my first sort of ask to myself was, how do I understand what people need? Um, so we made a community. We have a, a Discord community that that's filled with amazing people that basically help us decide what is needed right so they give us product ideas we talk about what's missing the problems that they've had in their wellness routine and we try and decipher you know what is the biggest need what's viable for us to do um, what's already out there that maybe people have missed and so we can highlight those companies and essentially our mission is just to create a more accessible uh, space for these for this community and you know provide or point them towards products that are high quality and they're gonna help them feel better in the in the in the long run
0: do you have any other products in the pipeline that you're able to share at this point
1: we do we actually our second product uh is called the fluid serum it is a multi-use lubricant sexual lubricant um that came about because our community felt like you know all the lubricants on the market weren't really uh, speaking to their way of living and being you know um not all sex is penetrative, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say that. And uh, certainly our community knows that. Uh, the queer community certainly knows that. Um, and so this product speaks to that fluidity, to that expansiveness. Um, and it's just a, uh, a really clean um, CBD-infused lubricant uh, that's really awesome. I, lo- I mean, I'm going to have to get my
0: hands on some of that. I lo- <laughs> love that. Um, yeah. So happy to send you
1: one it's it's really
0: cool i would love that i mean I, i'm so old school i have just like a bowl of coconut oil next to our bed um but well actually, well, actually
1: it's, it's half it's half uh mct coconut oil and and half yeah. cbd so it's, I mean, uh, coconut it's exactly if you're straight
0: it's the best i've th- that's all i ha- that's all i'll say but i am a big fan of coconut oil um I'm curious because the wellness industry in general is something I've spoken about a lot on this podcast and obviously, well, not obviously, but I fall into the health and wellness space and I've done a lot of personal growth over the past years where I think in the beginning when I started this account, it was when I was, I definitely was deep rooted in diet culture and I was playing a role in that and it was all the content I was being served and so I thought it was what I had to also produce in order to create an account and I just got very wrapped up in it and I also think that New York City is and probably LA as well. I just don't live there but New York City is this bubble where it's easy to believe that like this is how everyone lives and you have to do everything to be this healthy quote unquote version of yourself and I've since kind of tried to remove myself a bit. Obviously, I understand at the base of the health and wellness industry, it's something I stand for, of people being the best versions of themselves and being comfortable in their skin and finding happiness and joy in the little things. But also, like, we don't need the 10,000 products that were being sold sometimes. I'm curious your stance on the wellness industry as a whole, as a non-binary person, because for me, I have those feelings, but I'm still the target Demographic as a white cis woman, so what? Like, what are your takeaways on the entire industry over the past few years, and maybe where we're going?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'll first say that when when I started this, for me personally, wellness was a little bit of a dirty word, and I think that I won't speak on behalf of everybody, but I think in our community it is associated with whiteness, privilege, you know, cis folks. Um, And so that makes it really hard to not just relate to, but you start to sort of hack together your own personal routines or ways of dealing, and you really step outside, you know, the commercial aspects of these things. Um, And that was my view before, you know, we were not going to use it anywhere in our branding, anywhere in the business, because I was like, I don't associate with that. I want to be well every day, but it's not wellness, right? It's not, it's Mm -hmm. not society's definition of wellness. But, you know, we sat down with a bunch of people from the community and we really talked it through. And ultimately, if you strip the word wellness down just to the definition of what this is, it's, it's this active pursuit of being healthy and feeling good. That's what, and I thought, you know, Every single person is pursuing that goal, you know, Whether, mm-hmm. however they're pursuing it. And so I thought, okay, so how can we just help folks that haven't really been helped in this realm to get to that point? Um, and so now my, my feeling is very different that it, from our perspective, I feel like we're really trying to redefine and grab that word and like feel good about it and make it ours. from a a societal perspective, I do think we're moving slowly towards a place where wellness is more accessible. Um, And I hope that we're at the forefront of that. But I think everybody is starting to do it. Um, And so it will create a space where, you know, certainly myself and folks in the community can start to put their hand up and say, hey, this is what I need. This is what's going to help me feel good. And then companies and, you know, marketing folks and everybody else are going to be like, oh, great, let's, let's push towards that. So I feel and maybe it's just because I've been able to start this business. There's something in that, right? There there were cis straight male investors, right, <laughs> to be blunt mm-hmm. with you, that that listened to this and were like, oh, okay, yeah, like I get it. And it's a need and let me help. Um, so I'm starting to feel much more positive about it and that we're on the road to some of it that's going to be really, really full. Um, but let's see.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's see is really just – the whole thing is – It's hard because I think we definitely have moved from where we were, call it four or five years ago, when I think there was like the thick of the health and wellness boom, and it was really all targeted towards white, privileged, mostly heterosexual, cisgender women, which I fall into every single one of those buckets. So for me, it was easy to be like, I love this. Like, of course, this rules. But at the same time, I think now we've gotten to a place where most of us who fall into all those buckets can now realize that this is not as approachable as we maybe have believed it to be or accessible. But also I think everyone's version of wellness is starting to change because things that many other people might view as something they need doesn't interest some of us or something that like cannabis is a large part of my wellness. And There's a lot of stigma around that that's also rooted in racism, and that's a whole different story. But I think that everyone's version of wellness is starting to change, and I think that that is hopefully going to help expand the term. And what you said I want to touch on of how you, at first, were kind of going to steer away from the word. I really, and I mean, not that it matters my opinion on this, but I do love that you are instead leaning into that term because... It's almost forcing the entire industry to be like, oh, we, these people also need to be included instead of almost creating a separate and like further separating the yeah. non binary queer community. Again, it does not matter. Like, my opinion on that doesn't matter, but I do think that that's hopefully helpful for that community.
1: No, 100%. I, I completely agree with you. And I think you've hit the nail on the head about that every. Every person has an individual journey. I think we absolutely forget that because we're hit. We're getting hit all the time, as you say, with these products, especially from the wellness space of just you must buy this face cream. This is going to make you, <laughs> you know, feel good. And it's hard to take a step back and be like, oh, what are my needs? You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's quite cool about our community that to ask people that question. It's a really hard question to answer, by the way. You know, if someone's really looking into, so like, hey, like, what do you, what do you need? What's going to make you feel good? It's really tough. And so one, to ask the question. I encourage everyone to ask themselves that question. I'm trying to ask myself all the time. Um, and then, and then to act on it. And then if there's not a space or a product or a service to help you act on that, you know, I get our community to highlight that, put your hand up and say, and let's see what we can do about it. Um, because it is, it is an absolutely, it's an individual goal for sure. What is your answer
0: to that question in
1: today's world? Like, what do you need? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I I'm, I'm going to hit I'm going to hit you with when we were trying to define wellness, I couldn't let go of the fact that it is everything that you do from when you wake up, you know, wake up in the morning until you go to bed. So like the wellness industry for me, I think immediately of health. So like, you know, exercise and then and then these sort of fluffy things around, you know, face creams or, you know, the, the, these sorts of things but i thought is that really wellness if it's an active pursuit of a goal actually no it's probably my physical being my physical wellness my mental wellness uh, emotional but even you know financial wellness and and things like that that aren't considered in this space but actually they're very very important especially for a lot of underserved folks so we define we started to, to to define this in um, in dimensions of wellness, these nine dimensions of wellness that I believe are all encompassing and, and cover what this is. And then within that, my personal journey is, okay, I, I try and challenge myself every day. You know, what do I need on this particular day to make myself feel well? And I think that's something that, that our community feels a lot, you know, when you think about uh, chosen names or uh, pronouns or, um how specific people in the community want to dress that day there's a lot of fluidity and expansiveness in it and I think that's really wonderful and it also fits into this new idea our new idea of wellness right which is whatever you feel like doing today whether that's exercising or not or you know wearing a dress or wearing a suit or whatever it is you tap into what you need and you pursue that on that day and I hope that our company can help you pursue whatever aspect of that you know that you need. I really love that and I do want to
0: mention just based on what we just spoke about this is something I struggle with from a influencer standpoint because most 90% of my content is free. I mean all of it is all of my content is free for a consumer minus like my small Patreon. However, for me to be able to create that free content and for me to spend the time to do all of that, I also have to financially benefit from some portion and that comes from brands. And I'm very particular about the brands I work with. I, no matter, like it doesn't matter what the price is. If I don't believe in the brand, I'm not going to work with them. And although I'm fortunate to have the privilege to be able to make that decision, I still sometimes want to make sure my community knows that, like, even though I might be promoting a brand because I deeply believe in it and I use all of these brands that I'm promoting, it also doesn't mean that you need every single brand that I promote. And it's a really (laughs) fine line to walk as the influencer because it's confusing to say, I love this product. It has helped me so much. None of these things are lies that I'm saying. I bought almost... 95% 95% of the brands I work with, I was a consumer of before the brand reached out and that's how the relationship started. But at the same time, you guys don't need to buy every single one of these things to be considered healthy. And that is confusing and that I, I don't love my role in that whole thing and I'm constantly trying to work through it.
1: I, I completely hear you. I completely hear that struggle. I think it's great that you even have the awareness of this though. You know, I think that's the initial step to just have that awareness and be really um, deliberate about, about how you, you communicate to your audience and you deal with the brands. Um, you know, I, I'm an actor uh, as well. And I think that, um, this is an, this is a problem for me personally in the acting space too. It's like how I have the same issue, you know, how, what roles do I take? What roles do I turn down? I'm Mm non-binary. Do I take a role for a cis woman? Um, do I, you know, how, how does that work? What is my responsibility? What, you know, the, I, I feel the same sort of, same sort of struggles with that as well. I think, so um, let's. sorry, so keep go. going. No, no, go.
0: I was just going to say, let's dive into that. Cause that's something I'm definitely interested in. Um, like I, I want to get into your acting career as well, because it's very interesting to me. I'm curious, like, how is that as a non-binary actor just in general and then again like what is the thought process going into the roles you're taking
1: yeah um you know this has changed a lot too you know I was in acting school five years ago which you know not that long ago um and it was a little bit of a nightmare right because I was just coming into my I was I was not just coming into my gender but I was understanding how to communicate it to the outside world let's say and um I went to a very traditional acting school and they were like no you you know you can't play Romeo you got to play Juliet, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you are, and you can't, you know. And if you're going to play Juliet, you've got to wear a dress. Like, you, you must, because that's what she does. Um, and that was a real struggle for me in acting school. I will say since then, um, it's been, you know, we have come leaps and bounds in just about five years, and so I've had lots of opportunities to play non-binary characters, which is awesome. But I'm still in the same struggle as you, trying to figure out what is the best you know, what are the best roles for me to take? You know, you don't wanna turn, as you say, you don't wanna turn down all of these roles because there's not heaps of opportunity and you wanna make sure that you're pursuing your career in the best way possible. But yeah, what is my responsibility to, for example, for me personally, for cis black women out there, for example, right? If I get a role through um, that is for, that the character is, is a cis black woman, should I take that role? Um it's a real and I can't I don't have an answer for you. I have these conversations with my agent all the time. Um my gut is to say no, right? That's not how I identified. I'm not a cis woman. And I should leave those roles for the beautiful black cis women out there. A lot of them that I a lot of the actors I know and would be amazing in these roles, probably better than they're better than I. Um, and, and hold myself for the roles that are assigned to my gender at the same time, they're they're minimal. And so, as you say, there's a constant yeah. balance between, between these two things.
0: I mean, I can't fathom being in that position because that's, a, a, I think extremely difficult because the amount of non-binary roles, I would think, are at a very smaller percentage in today's world. Hopefully, it's getting bigger. But just based as a consumer on the television I watch, I can honestly only think of a few... I can't remember the character's name, but in Secession, that's probably the one... Oh, not Secession. um, Billionaire or Billions, billions, whatever it's called. Yeah, I stopped watching, but that's the one character that sticks out to me as like truly one of the only non-binary characters in a big production that I've seen. And I also feel like from the flip side of the argument, I'm trying to think of what the name of the movie was, but there was a recent... Musical kind of movie um, where they were queer characters but some were played by straight actors and there was backlash on that Um, Hmm. and that I can understand because the the minority or the oppressed community is being shut out but I think from an outsider's perspective based on what you just said when you're in two separate oppressed communities that's hard because then it's like well where do when do you get your chance and if I mean you're trying to create more space for the other oppressed black cis woman but at the same time like I don't know
1: that's a really fucking confusing it's really it's really tough let me let me be clear this is just this is something I struggle with and just my opinion on this day you know I have a lot of non-binary friends that will openly say, and a lot of non-binary actors that I know well, you know, openly say that, no, they'll play they'll play female roles, they'll play male roles. Um, they see their gender as fluid um, mm-hmm. and expansive. And in that is the opportunity to play um, multiple roles. And I think that that's right. awesome too, right? And I think that there's, you know, it's also what you're comfortable with. Um, I'm, a, I'm a non-binary person that is less fluid, I would say. Um, you know, I there's not a day when I will wear heels. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is not a day when I would wear a dress. To, to be completely honest with you, I sit more on the mask side of things, and so um, maybe if I was getting uh, really honestly, maybe if I was getting um, auditions for male roles, I would feel. That's what I was just gonna. Ask. You know, you know, I would feel. I, I would probably jump on those a little bit more. Unfortunately. You know, they see me, and and I'm not getting those through the door. So, <laughs> but maybe if maybe if I was, I'd, I'd I'd feel differently.
0: That's what I was gonna ask because I was curious if not only was it because you were maybe a trying to provide more space for other oppressed people, being a black woman, but also do you feel not you being a black woman, but a, a role for a black woman? But do you also feel maybe personally? less comfortable playing that role because it's just not, I don't like,
1: I mean, yeah. this is probably like more of a therapy conversation than something else with me, but <laughs> no, no, I think I'm happy to answer it. I think, I think you're right. You know, I think if I'm honest with myself that that, that is the truth. Um, I'd feel much more comfortable playing a male role or a traditionally mm-hmm. male role. Um, but I think the answer, really, you know, to all the to all the filmmakers out there, and all the and all the you know TV producers, is is that there just needs to be more roles, right? As right the for them has proven, I think that this is not niche anymore, right? This is I I I'd argue that it was never niche. We're just in a position now where people feel much more comfortable to to voice who they are to be who they are. Um, and, and can really understand their identity, it's easier to understand because they see it, you know, in other people. Um, and so I think this is only gonna be become more of a community. And and with that, we should reflect that in content. And so I think the more, you know, I hope that I don't have this um, this Catch 22 issue for much longer <laughs> because I think that the roles are gonna, uh, you know, there's gonna be more and more roles and more and more opportunity for actors like me.
0: I agree and I, I really hope so. And. How long have you identified as non-binary?
1: Without the label, you know, 10 years. About 10 years. Um, With with the label, which, you know, labels are interesting, and let's not get into it, but (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. a whole conversation itself. But with with the label, or let's let's say not label, but with the ability to communicate it, right, to the outside world, I think probably six to seven years.
0: And what was your childhood like in terms of sexuality, but also just identity?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm from Liverpool in England uh, originally, and I love it. I, I love Liverpool. I will rep it. I have a tattoo, actually, if uh, <laughs> it's a Liverpool <laughs> tattoo. But I will say um, it's a very gendered city. Um, you know, there are men and there are women, and, you know, uh, the women – dress in a certain way, the men dress in a certain way. Um, and that was really, really difficult for me growing up. Um, and at first, first, I just thought that, well, I think I'm gay. You know, I've, I figured that out pretty early. Um, and then as time went on, I started to think and feel a little bit differently. Um, and especially as I went to university and I then moved to London and I started to explore uh, my gender a little bit more, how I wanted to dress, how I wanted to be sort of perceived in the outside world and um, perceived by my intimate partners um and and that journey was a little more complex and a a bit longer to 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 get it to the end of but i think um i think that that's a fairly normal sort of journey right that like i knew i think this is this is the point around seeing folks that are like you you know on tv or walking around or in your city um and i was able really quickly to be like oh I'm queer I'm gay right I know what that is I can define it I can see people that are great you know and it took me a really long time with gender to really understand that 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 it possibly could be a spectrum that I might be at a a certain you know at a certain point in the spectrum I didn't know anybody else that was trans or non-binary or uh, remotely non-cis at the time too so Mm -hmm. um, that was a much longer journey.
0: Yeah, I mean, even from an outsider's perspective of when we talk about identities or labels, it, in an odd way, I think helps, and again, this is not speaking from an actual experience, this is an outsider's perspective, but I think for me, when I'm struggling with something that's not comparative on the sexual or gender spectrum, but it always helps for me to be able to have like an identity for it or to say what it is, to vocalize it in a way that other people understand and to put words to my emotions or feelings or whatever that might be. But at the same time, I know that some people in the queer community are not a fan of labels because you might not fit in one box. Right. Um, and then I also know from an outsider's perspective who's not in the queer community, labels can be helpful in a sense of understanding how someone wants to identify or present themselves, but also just like how to communicate certain things. But then they also can be confusing if I'm being honest, because I think we're constantly adapting and there are a lot of different labels and to be totally Frank as someone who's not a part of the community, like I don't want to fuck it up. And yeah. I mean, you'll probably, you, my listeners might think since, they know how I speak on most episodes, I'm sometimes stumbling over my words because I really don't want to use an incorrect term when we're talking about the labels, which as an outsider can be easy to do, but I know
1: can be very offensive. Uh, Yeah, I mean, thank you for saying, thank you for being so honest. I think that, that we're in this transitionary period right now and there's a bit of a disconnect, right? Because I know that a lot of people like you you have great intentions, you're an ally, you know, you're you're trying to highlight the community um, and do all these great things. And so I would hope from a personal perspective that you feel free to speak and make mistakes and, you know, feel safe enough to be able to explore Mm -hmm. these, like the the nuances um, uh, around the community. Because I think that's how we grow together and that's ultimately how the community will, you know, feel safer overall. Um, But to your point, Absolutely, right. You know, people. Um, it's tough for some people when they're, you know, when someone uses their dead name or when they are misgendered, um, and it can be really difficult. You know, a lot of our, um, a lot of our customers actually they skew pretty young, and I find that you know I'm 32, so you know I'm a millennial. Um, I feel like a lot of my friends are, a lot of my non-binary friends or folks in the community, they are like, these are my pronouns. This is my name. This is who I am. And they're more, they tend to be a little bit more, you know, uh, a a little less fluid, let's say. And I think that that's, you know, due to our upbringing, there was sort of more of a, it was uh, more difficult, I think, at those times to figure out who you are and then like communicate it to the world. And we're now in this beautiful, expansive space, especially in these big cities where, you know, younger folks are are like, hey, I am going to change my pronoun, you know, day to day, because that's how I feel and that's what I relate to and that's what my identity is um, and and it can be really tough you know to, to mm-hmm. create a, a, a space safe enough for allies to come in and, and, and talk about it but also a, a space safe enough for folks to really be who they want to be and you know communicate who they are and, and be respected with that so it's it's, so it's there's no real answer it's tough
0: I, I yes absolutely and I'm curious uh, two things one you mentioned dead name can you just provide context of that for listeners who might not know that term yes
1: um absolutely so you know i am assigned a name at birth um as an adult that might not be a name that i associate with it might be uh conflicting to my gender and so a lot of folks uh choose a chosen name which they you know choose themselves as an adult um and to to use their birth name would be to dead name that deb sorry to use their birth name would be to dead name them.
0: Okay, that's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure that everyone was aware of that because, again, it might be something that they had never heard before. Um, the other thing is, I'm a millennial as well, I'm 30, and I think it's very fascinating. My sister, my younger sister, is on the cusp of Gen Z. And, you know, on TikTok, I get served a ton of Gen Z content, and a lot of my community is Gen Z, and it's very clear how much more fluid they are, even if they are a cis heterosexual female. um, And also just their understanding of everything. And it kind of makes me feel really fucking old, if we're being honest, because (laughs) like when I sit down and try to explain something to my parents, for instance, and I mean like very like now what is considered so everyday, but a few years ago was maybe new. And I'm like, I just don't understand how you can't understand this. Like, this is what it is. Why is this so difficult for you? But then, I'll see all these terms on TikTok, for instance, and I'll text my sister, and I'm like, can you just kind of explain this to me because I don't understand. Like, and I, it, it does make me feel old, but it gives me so much hope for our future because of how accepting and fluid and like non-judgmental that generation really is in the sense of like hopefully as they're getting older this just becomes way more I don't like the word normal because that makes it seems it, it's abnormal now but way more common maybe um, and it's something I'm very aware of having a white male or what would be the correct like at birth a sex assigned male, male birth assigned yeah. male birth thank you Um, son, because it's fascinating to me. And I, this is something that's really been interesting as a parent. How many people, A, want to like sexualize our kids. It's really weird to me. Like if, like, I don't understand why we call people like babies, their boyfriends and girlfriends. It's very odd. And how, like, if I say I'm going to meet a friend and their female daughter, like their baby, who's a female And someone will be like, oh, is that his girlfriend? I'm like, you never say that when I say I'm going to hang out with my friend who has a son as a baby. Like, you never say, oh, is that going to be his boyfriend? Why are we already imposing heteronormativity on them? And it's something that I've really caught. I mean, I call people out all the time. And specifically, like my parents, who we have a ton of homosexual people in our lives. But still, it's just the norm for them to say those types of things of like oh you're gonna be such a lady killer in high school or
1: something I'm like or
0: <laughs> yes. or a guy or not. Like, yeah, not exactly. yeah or, or whatever he wants like it's just yeah. so fascinating to me that it's so deeply ingrained that it's now become more obvious to me through the eyes of people putting their opinions and Thoughts onto my young child, which makes me uncomfortable to begin with. But then also I'm like, can we stop pushing the heteronormativity onto him? Because who the fuck knows what's going to happen?
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. What's so cool about Gen Z in general is that they're just so self-aware, you know? So self-aware. And it's just so cool to see. Like our our customers, they teach me things every single day, right? It's it's awesome. I also feel super old, so don't worry about it. Um <laughs> And and yeah, I think I can't wait to see all those folks grow up. I think that this shift is going to be one of the biggest shifts that we've had. There'll be no, you know, they do not assume sexuality, they do not assume gender. There is no norm, um, and that's why you know we want to we wanted to make it really clear too with for them that yeah we say the queer community, but really we just mean folks that just are not, you know, super cis and straight and 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 are really you know attached to that label. And I think that for Gen Z, that the majority of those folks are not feeling that way. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: When I, when I pitched this to, uh, to investors, um, they kept saying to me, well, is this a niche market? And I said, well, for millennials, you know, for my generation, 7 or 8% about of us um, identify as queer. And for Gen Z, 33%, so a third wow. of the population in the U.S., identify as queer. And that, for me, you know, just shows that the power of that intergenerational shift and what's going to happen, you know, going forward.
0: That's a wild statistic. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed our generation is as low. And I wouldn't have guessed their generation is as high. Um, But there is a huge shift. And I'm excited for what's to come. And I also want to provide you the opportunity, given that most of my listeners are I mean, I don't have exact demographics, but I can tell you based off of DMs. I would think that most of my listeners majority are white, heterosexual, cis women. And is there anything that you wish more of these people were learning about, understanding, um, speaking about anything that you would like to get across to them?
1: Thank you. Um, I think that you know, I would assume they're listening to you and you seem very <laughs> inquisitive and, you know, you're trying to educate yourself around all of these things. And so I think that that's all that you need to do to to be, you know, as inquisitive as possible um, and as respectful as possible. And just, you, you know, don't assume, I think, is the is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Um it's hard. I think this is a U.S. thing versus a U.K. thing, but there's a lot of, um, hey, ladies, and, you know, I get yeah. this a lot. You know, I get ma'am a lot. <laughs> this hits me to my core, personally.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I hate ma'am. I'm like, how old do you think I am? <laughs>
1: Are you kidding? That's what, that's what my wife says. She's like, everyone hates that. That is not just you. Yeah. That's, that's not a gender <laughs> thing. That There's no one likes that. But I
0: understand um, that you probably hate it more than I
1: do. Um, so... So it's just things like that. It's trying to shift, you know, and everyone has it. These habitual things that that um, might not feel great for for a lot of our community. Um, a good example. I don't know if a lot of your listeners are uh, business owners, uh, but this was going around a lot uh, around the pandemic where they were trying to incite uh, virtual games and connect connectivity, you know, through Zoom. And uh, all the big companies started playing this game where they were like, OK, you send in a baby picture and we'll guess who that, you know, we'll, we'll guess who that employee is. Um, and I had a My lot of people in our community. did this. OK, I'm so sorry. Um, but <laughs> I had a lot of people in our community, you know, a lot of trans folks that were like, hey, I have no idea what to do because I'm about to be outed throughout the whole company and Mm -hmm. I you know no one knows that I'm trans and it was this huge thing and and it wasn't that the company is evil or the manager is evil right just no one no one thought about it right and and I think it's that those sorts of things that like what have you looked at the things that you're going to do with the lens of somebody that is a minority or that is underrepresented. And could that be, that's a fun game for 80, 90% of people. And it's a really, really traumatic game <laughs> for, you mm-hmm. know, 10, 10 to 20% of people. Um, so it, it's just having that awareness and really, really trying to put yourself in another person's shoes. And if you don't know, ask. I think I can, I can roughly speak on behalf of most of the community that, that I'm so happy to, to get the question um and and with this with this new company you know we get it all the time through our dms i i have my phone number there so people text us and i'm always like ask the question there's no you know wrong question and i'd rather you ask us and we're going to be it's a safe space um and we're very happy to facilitate that too
0: Well, thank you so much for being on here. This was not only just a wonderful conversation, but I also find very informative and educational and helpful for me with my learning experience. And I'm sure also my listeners for everyone who's listening that wants more
1: of you, where can they find you? Yes. Um, if you are queer or you (laughs) are interested, you can, you can come and hang with us on our discord server, which you can find through our website. Um, And we're on Instagram at For Them. Um, And I'm around. I'm there. You can find me. Feel free to DM me. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on here, Chloe. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Hello, guys. Happy post therapy chat from me. I love when I'm able to actually do these after therapy on Wednesdays because it just always sparks topics that I want to discuss. First and foremost, I do want to say, and like I'm not saying this to scare anyone or honestly, like have an in depth conversation on this. However, right now, the amount of people I know who are testing positive for COVID is like pretty scary to me. And thankfully I'm vaxxed and boosted and I feel confident that if I contracted it, I would hopefully knock home would be healthy. And that's the whole point of the vaccine. But I will say that like, it doesn't mean that we can't get it and I'm being extra safe and cautious because I'm obviously scared and I want to protect those around me. So I'm just reminding everyone to please be smart and safe and, um, you know, I'm kind of freaking out because I went to dinner last night, and I'm now just like, "What the fuck did I do that?" But I mean, what are the, What's the answer here? Because I thought we were. I thought it's safe to go out to dinner. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm rambling, and like, I don't want this to sound like I don't believe in the vaccine because I most definitely fucking believe in the vaccine. It's just that clearly this new strain is very contagious and transmissible. So I'm just reminding everyone to please be safe as we head into the holidays. Um, The other things I wanted to talk about, okay, so we were in Arizona this past weekend, which was so much fun. I'm so grateful that we were able to go. Shout out to the true MVPs, the grandparents, my parents and Joe's parents who took care of Liam while we were gone. Such a fucking blessing that we have such hyper involved and loving and wonderful grandparents who want to be with Liam and want to care for him, but also like are so well equipped and know how to do it all. And we leave and they just fill right in. And it's not like there are any questions or concerns or anything. It's honestly makes everything very easy for Joe and I to comfortably walk away for a bit. And the trip was so wonderful to just be able to feel like not, like pre-Liam, but to just have fun and not have to worry about the hour of the day and when he had to feed next and when he had to nap next or any of that and really enjoy my time with my friends and specifically Joe and just like reconnect with him on like a non-Liam way. And I'm so excited because Lizzie and Garrett got engaged the night before we got there. Um, You guys, I mean, if you've been a part of the Freckle Foodie family for a while, you know this, but excuse me, Lizzie is Pedialyte bridesmaid. She was the one who was completely trashed both nights of the wedding and then was so hungover that our videographer had to bring her Pedialyte and then we have a like really professional, gorgeous photo of her laying across the bridal suite bed with a bottle of Pedialyte. So that's why we call her Pedialyte bridesmaid. At that wedding, our wedding, she met Joe's college roommate of four years who was a groomsman. They hit it off, hooked up, Then like kept in touch afterwards. He lived in Arizona, long distance, on and off, hooking up. Like then they started dating, COVID hit. They kind of like spent more time together. And honestly, COVID was a blessing for their relationship because then they were able to actually spend time like for extended periods of time with each other since they were working from home. And then she moved to Arizona at the beginning of June. And Garrett, we knew he was going to propose. We thought it was going to happen this week while they were in New York. And he surprised everyone and did it the night before we got there, which was so fun because then we got to actually all celebrate together. It was honestly just such a fucking awesome weekend. Arizona is so cool. We went to some amazing restaurants. We did hikes. It was just a great weekend. And as you all know, cannabis is legal there. They have dispensaries. So lots of edibles were taken and it was wonderful. Um, On that note, something that happened that I actually was just talking to my therapist about. And I've, I've noticed this before, but part of my whole like metamorphosis into this new human as a mom is that I'm also just like more of a caring and giving and loving person. And I'm, I was trying to explain to her like how this actually makes sense. But basically the example I have is When I was in Princeton with my mom, like a few months ago, we were eating this like salad thing that we love from a local deli. It's like pickled vegetables. And my mom had one bite left and it was a carrot and she dropped it and it like got covered in dog hair. And she was like, oh, I really wanted to eat that. Like I was looking forward to that carrot, that last bite. And I was like, oh, here, mom, I have like one carrot left. You can have it. And she was like, oh my God, you're a mom." Like. You just completely put someone else first, your mom. And for most people, it's like, okay, that's not a big deal. You offered her a fucking carrot. But for me, I don't think you understand. Like I'm not a good sharer. I was never the girl in college who was like, Oh, you don't have anything to wear? Come over to my dorm. Like I have all these tops you can look through. Like that was never me. If someone asked, I'd be like, Yeah. But internally, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And like seeing with food, if someone asked to eat my food, I'd be like, okay. Or honestly, I, like sometimes I say no. I just have never been a good sharer and a pretty selfish person Person and oftentimes put myself first. And this was the first time that my mom caught it and I was then aware of it. And when we were in Arizona, one the other... Our other best friend that was with us, Amy, she's actually pregnant. Yay, Amy. I can talk about it because she finally announced it. Um, And we were on the plane and like Joe's a Delta whore. So we get upgraded in Delta, which like I don't really care about airlines as long as it's not Southwest. But he loves Delta and I'm happy about it because he has all these points and we get free upgrades. Anyway, we were sitting in like the comfort section kind of and Amy boarded the plane and she texted me and was like, oh my God, the seat is so small. Like this is going to be a rough six hours or five hours, however long the flight is. And I was like, oh, do you want to switch seats? Like come take my seat. And she was like, no, but thank you. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, let me know. Then... I forget, there were like a few other things, but then like she was cold or something and I was like, oh, here, take my sweat set. Like, I'll just take it off. I have biker shorts and t-shirt underneath. And she was like, what the hell like is going on here? Who are you? And there was one other time, now I can't remember what it was, but there were a few things and Amy was like looking at me like, what is happening? And I said, oh yeah, it's it's this new thing. Like evidently with a mom, I'm like caring and loving and giving and put myself not always first. It's a new thing I'm doing. And she's like, I know it's fucking new. It's not like I just met you. Like, I know who you are. I'm well aware this is new, which also made me laugh. But it's this new thing that's very interesting to me that I, I've i just kind of come to terms with. And I actually really like it. When I was telling my therapist about this, she was like, it seems like you really love this because you can't stop smiling. I don't know. It's this weird new thing that I'm kind of proud of. So that's a new thing I wanted to discuss. And I'm honestly proud of it. Um, Another thing, I posted about this on Instagram, but I'm actually done with the concept of trying to be the best. Being the best, quote unquote, is honestly exhausting and like draining and not fun. And I don't have interest anymore. I don't want to be bad, but I'd like to be good. And you know, that's, that's great. I'm being complacent in that. I can be a good friend, a good mom, a good sibling, a good wife, a good like not colleagues, I don't really have colleagues, but like whatever, business. I don't need to be the best. And I think I beat myself up so much about these unachievable expectations, especially with work, where I'm like, but I have to be the best. I have to be the best. I'm like, but I, I don't. I really actually don't have to be the best. I would really rather enjoy the slow mornings, the cuddles, the skipped workouts, the late nights and laughs. Like, that's more important to me than actually being the best. And I catch myself still, like, I was closing, I was looking at my financials for the year and I reached, um, well, a, like, I reached my goal financially, but there was then, like, a higher goal that I had and I'm, like, just going to miss it. And I'm okay with that because I'm really proud of everything I've done this year. And also, I had a three-month, mater- or two-month maternity leave, well, pretty much three-month maternity leave where I wasn't making money, so I'm, like, really proud of myself, but at the same time, I was like, okay, and then next year, this is my goal. And I, like, increase it by 50%. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep, like, re- like moving up the bar to the next peg, next peg, next peg? Why can't I just be really proud of what I've done and that's it? Just be proud instead of being like, well, next time I have to beat it. So that's something I'm working on. Another thing that my therapist and I were talking about is that sometimes I realize I – not hold grudges but I think I have a very hard time letting go of things in the past and sometimes I find myself revisiting these memories and almost like stirring the pot internally again in a kind of obsessive compulsive way instead of just accepting like that was the past it happened let's move on like Either maybe the relationship is no longer and that's one thing or the relationship has changed in a great way. So why do I keep stirring that up? It's just something that I've noticed I do and I want to work on. So that's something I'm working on. Um, This weekend, we have no plans because as I mentioned, I'm very overwhelmed and scared by this like new wave of COVID. So we are just doing lockdown because I want to be able to comfortably celebrate the holidays with my family and maybe we'll watch some christmas movies i don't know i have a big motherfucking podcast interview tomorrow if you were in patreon you know who i'm interviewing um well when this comes out the interview was yesterday but that episode will come out soon and a lot of fun stuff is happening i actually just officially signed with a new like hosting platform network that will be running all the ads on my podcast. So you guys will be hearing more ads in the upcoming episodes. I hope you understand that in order to have this show, I also need to make some money off of it because it's a lot of time and I obviously need to get paid for that time. So I'm very excited about that. Obviously, we are only going to work with brands that we believe in, but I'm just giving a heads up that now there will be more ads sprinkled into the show. And I appreciate you for understanding. I love you all so much. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And as always, thank you for being a part of the Freckled Foodie family. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to share on your Instagram. Send me a DM. Rate, review, subscribe to all of the wonderful things. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at FFNFriendsPod on Instagram and me at FreckledFoodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.